This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Now let's get to our top story today. More voices are raising their concerns over a potential port strike that could begin tomorrow, saying it'll be a significant blow to our economy and could lead to um, price increases. Now there's 72-hour strike notice was issued on Wednesday by the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, which affects about 7,400 terminal cargo loaders in 49 of the province's waterfront employers at more than 30 BC ports. Of course, Canada's busiest is right here uh, in Vancouver. Now, the union says that contracting out is a big issue. Port automation and cost of living are key issues in the dispute. Now, Bridget Anderson, who's the president, of the C- president and CEO of the Vancouver Board of Trade, says any prolonged job action will be a significant blow to our economy and could lead to price increases. Take a listen. Inflation and rising interest rates and, you know, when we look at there any kind of potential disruption in the port, we're also concerned that this could be not just a temporary disruption, but a permanent disruption as we're already seeing some cargo being diverted to other ports around the world. Joining me now to look at the potential impact if there was a strike is Werner uh, Antweller. He's the associate professor at the Souter School of Business at UBC. Mr. Antweller, thank you for joining us today. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, it's hard to predict, but uh, from what you see and where you are, do you think we're headed into a strike? It's a pretty good chance that at least even in the short term we can expect some sort of job disruption? Yes, as it very much looks that way because the positions seem to be still quite far apart and there are some issues that are thornier than others. This is not just about wages, but as you mentioned, it's also about automation at the port, and it's also about outsourcing, and these are very thorny problems to solve. Mm -hmm. Uh, How, and we talk about the importance of our port, uh, but how important is it to BC and Canada's economy, and just the ability for goods and services uh, to move here in our province? Yes, uh, ports are absolutely critical. Uh, Roughly a quarter of all international trade goes through our two ports on the West Coast. So if uh, these ports are not working at full capacity, it has a ripple effect through the entire economy because so many businesses depend on either importing goods Mm -hmm. for their production for intermediate goods, uh, but also companies are exporting their manufactured goods and produced goods uh, uh, overseas. And so if the ports aren't working, uh, businesses are losing money and potentially uh, employees at these uh, companies uh, could also be impacted if there are shortages of work. I've been hearing numbers uh, like $800 million to a billion dollars worth of goods flow in and out of BC ports every day. Are those numbers roughly accurate? Yes, they are. Uh, so about $800 million is the number that uh, uh, shows up in the annual reports from the Port Authority. And there are roughly 3.5 million containers going through the ports every year. So this is um, uh, not the largest port in the world, uh, but it is a very significant mid-sized port. And for Canada, it's pivotal because uh, it's uh, the main way how we get goods uh, to international markets and receive goods. If uh, the port isn't working, and we would have to get the goods through alternative routes uh, that are more expensive, mostly to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to gauge this, but broadly speaking, our Canadian ports, and certainly our West 
co-sports specifically? Are they competitive? And competitive is probably hard to gauge sometimes. Maybe it's cost, maybe it's efficiency, movement of goods and services, and how fast we can get things out of the port. Um, are, are we competitive as a port here in Vancouver and, 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 and Prince Rupert? Unfortunately, we are not. The World Bank has done a ranking of all the major ports in the world, and it turned out our Canadian ports uh, here on the West Coast are performing very poorly by productivity standards. Uh, It takes too long. It's essentially too costly. And essentially, that is a cost that is passed on to other businesses. The uh, Port Authority is uh, trying to mitigate that. Uh, there is a proposal to build a new terminal, the Roberts Bank Terminal 2, mm-hmm. and of course to, to introduce new technology to improve the efficiency. So before we get to Roberts Bank, just for a moment, why are we not competitive? We're a developed nation, access to goods and services, access to technology. Um, why are we not competitive? Well, one reason is automation. Uh, many ports around the world have actually upgraded uh, their facilities by investing into more automation and, and basically capital that uh, um, allows things to be handled more swiftly and with less labor. And of course, that is exactly where the labor dispute is now sitting because the union isn't very happy about the, the prospect of further automation that could uh, displace uh, workers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, we also see a uh, growth in uh, demand for uh, for transportation services, and that is precisely the reason why Robots Bank Terminal 2 is uh, on the drawing map. Mm. Uh, I saw this amazing footage um, uh, on Twitter yesterday. I actually retweeted it. It was, I think it's a Long Beach port, which is a port uh, near Los Angeles, and it was all automated, not all of it, but you saw good the, these containers moving at the port back and forth and sideways, and there were no human beings. Uh, right. And it was just, you know, just on a technical point of view, it was like a, a, a technical ballet as I'm watching this. But then as you, when I looked into it, it was like 600 longshoremen lost their job. And these machines, these, these machines are moving these, uh, these containers. Uh, it's like a ballet. And I was just shocked to look at this and go, if this is the future for longshoremen, not many of us have much of a chance in other jobs when you bring it, bring in automation. I mean, it, it, it would seem to me, just looking at those visuals alone, and what you have said, this strike and what these uh, longshoremen are concerned about, this is an existential challenge to them, is it not? This is an existential moment for them when it comes to their jobs. Yeah, I can appreciate the challenge uh, that is uh, posed by automation that is uh, not different from other industries, Mm -hmm. for example, in automotive manufacturing. Uh, where um, robots are increasingly taking over what is uh, or has been uh, uh, mostly work uh, by by workers, mm-hmm. um, and so this is some, something that is happening already at ports. And you mentioned uh, California; all the ports around the world are upgrading along the same way. And the ports that are not, they become uncompetitive and they lose business to competing ports. And that is a challenge uh, that uh, Canada cannot lag behind others in in the productivity. Uh, of their ports. Uh, what it means for the workers is that increasingly uh, there will be fewer uh, jobs, but uh, those jobs that um, uh, remain will uh, require upgrading because the, the people handling uh, these robots uh, need qualifications and training that goes uh, beyond what they currently have. Mm-hmm. So skill upgrading is one of the other key questions in uh, labor negotiations that actually allows uh, these workers to compete for the jobs of the future. Uh, this is a, a question's a bit a bit out of uh, left field here, but I think it's an important one. A few years ago, the uh, Panama Canal was upgraded. Um, has had that has that had any impact on on traffic or uh, potential or com- competitiveness with other ports as well? Has that made it tougher for for the Vancouver port? 
Um, not to a large extent because of the location uh, advantage that we have. Uh, it is the shortest route to serve the Canadian market. Um, but, of course, the, the fact that the Panama Canal can now handle larger ships means that some can detour, for example, all the way uh, to eastern ports rather than actually uh, ending here in, uh, on the West Coast and then uh, putting all the uh, containers on rail uh, or on trucks. So in that sense, uh, it has changed the equations a little bit, but still uh, the location advantage we have is still very strong and it's not going to get displaced uh, significantly by what's happening in the Panama Canal. I won't hold you to this. My, my final question to you, do you think this is going to be a longer strike just because of the sort of the broader existential challenge that's there for, for longshoremen. And it seems to me when you talk about automation, there's potential job loss there. There's efficiencies that are required, the competitiveness with other ports as well. Do you expect this to be a, 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 you know, a, a, a tough negotiations moving forward? It will be very tough because it's not just about wages. If it was just about wages, we should see a settlement quite quickly. Mm-hmm. But it is really about the long-term pro- prospects uh, for these workers and what their jobs are going to look like in five or ten years from now. And the, the sad part about it is that this automation is going ahead, uh, if they like it or not. It is just something that is happening elsewhere. And uh, Canadian ports cannot uh, stay behind and, and uh, maintain market share. Uh, and so it will be a very strong pressure on the workers to come to a terms with the employers, with the port authority in this case, and um, if the strike actually drags on for more than, say, two weeks, I could easily see that uh, uh, it becomes a critical bottleneck for other industries and the pressure on the uh, politicians will grow to actually do something about uh, you know, essentially putting uh, the, uh, the labor dispute into uh, arbitration. Hmm. Uh, uh, Professor Antweiler, thank you so much for your time today. Have yourself a wonderful Canada Day long weekend. You too.